We all have dreams. Some people seem to live theirs while others seem to struggle. This is, however, merely a perception. What if you could get the answers you needed to execute on your dreams? Welcome to the Platinum Mask Podcast, a show designed to ask various young professionals just how they deal with their specific ups and downs. How does one young upstart navigate competing with name brand companies? Where do we get the best tools? How do we grow from our stress and anxiety? Most importantly, how do we properly utilize our cash flow? The Platinum Mask Podcast with your host, Grayson Mask. We wanted answers, so we're going out to get them and sharing them with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello to everyone listening to The Platinum Mask. I'm Grayson Mask. I'm here with Kendall Williams of Regal Black. And this was a conversation that I originally wanted to have because the idea, I kind of was like seeing them on, you know, some, uh, a few different blogs and podcasts, but the entire kind of music scene um, and kind of the situation behind it was something I've discussed earlier in my blog and, you know, did a couple of features with local musicians, but the idea of music management and the people who have to look at the business side and manage for some of these clients, I haven't really been able to kind of see on that side of the spectrum. So I wanted to thank you again, Kendall, for, you know, come on the episode to kind of explain what you do with Regal Black and, um, you know, how your clients have been and, you know, how have you been doing with your business, uh, especially after kind of this recent pandemic? Uh, yeah, man, appreciate you again. Um, thank you for reaching out. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an opportunity for people to really, you know, see what I'm really doing. You know what I'm saying? Because I haven't, it's a lot of people in my family, um, peers, close friends that don't necessarily know what I'm doing, actually. You know, I just kind of give them a quick breakdown of the vision, but, you know, it's just kind of smoke and mirrors to everybody until they kind of see something. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of know with, um, you know, I wanted to start off with the idea behind kind of the origins of, you know, your business. Because I know with, um, uh, when I was kind of reading a couple of blog posts, I saw with like your, did, did, were you born and raised in the New Orleans area? Yes, sir. Born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanted to, yeah, kind of ask about that because, um, you know, I wanted to know, what is kind of the music scene on New Orleans and like, what do they contribute to like the country's music scene? Um, sure. Well, as far as the country's music scene, you know, everything New Orleans, this is pretty not, I'm not going to say everybody pretty much bites from New Orleans, but the culture, um, the energy, the passion, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants that energy in their music. Like without that, you know, you, you, you kind of missing something, with your recipe. But um, as far as the music scene down there, you know, the bounce scene is, you know, a lot of twerk music, um, a lot of party music, a lot of coming together, people just enjoying themselves. Um, second line, with Mighty Grind, everything's coming around. So it's pretty much a little cultural thing, um, especially for as far as the families down there. Um, but me, I just grew up, you know, with my grandmother and just a real tight-knit family. So you know, that's where all the music kind of started for me. You know, I didn't necessarily know anything about it. I just seen that it brought a lot of people together. Um, it brought my family together, made people happy. But um, 
far as me, it contributed to me and my career and everything. Um, I wouldn't say the music portion of it contributed to it, more of the as far as the business. You know, you got Master P, Birdman, um, Slim, and, and those big time executives coming up out of there. Um, I kind of want to go towards that lane. You know, I, I kind of want to surpass them guys and what they were able to do as far as doing the music and bringing the culture um, to the, the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of like brought up the idea of uh, different, you know, cities throughout the U.S. kind of uh, being attracted to New Orleans and, you know, taking different music styles, is it similar from, I guess, a, a music management as well? Do like a lot of people take, I guess, like the the business styles from New Orleans and does New Orleans, you know, create a lot of uh, music business moguls? That's a good question. I can't really comment on that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it was that, but I know from um, from business circumstance, like a lot of people, you know, they look up towards like Jay Z, um, Diddy. It's more of an East Coast thing when you're talking business wise, mogul or West Coast. You got Dr. Dre, Suge Knight, and all of them. You know, so um, in the South, you know, we got we got Jay Prince. Um, who else, man? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna feel like a young dude because I'm, I'm leaving out some of the OGs. But the South has a lot of people that contributed to it, but it's, it's not a lot. You know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to bring to the table, um, my approach is kind of different. You know, it's very different from a management point because you know I've been doing this for a few years, so I've had the luxury to kind of sit back and study the game. You know, you brought up the being in the pandemic. You know that that even helped me further be able to sit back and learn and learn and soak up a lot of information and things that have been going on throughout the industry for years. So I'm seeing a lot of the failures. I'm seeing where people, you know, kind of struggle or why they didn't, you know, wasn't able to make that breakthrough, you know? So I, I try to just sit back and strategize and come up with my, my, my little formula, my little philosophy of the approach to the music business, because I mean, the music business, it is what it is, you know, you got the scammers, you got the people that really care about it, and you got the people that just really, you know, they just trying to feed their families. They just, they're like on some nine to five stuff. So, yeah, I kind of just elaborated a little too much on the question, but, you know. <laughs> no, I kind of know, like, uh, when in college, uh, you were kind of originally thinking about kind of going into, you know, professional football or playing pro. And I kind of want to ask when you kind of just brought up the idea of, you know, like you, ha- you have the scam artists and music, you have the shady business people. Do you think, it, you know, if you were to go down like the route of, uh, you know, pro football, do you think like there's more sketchiness in the world, uh, professional world of sports management? Or do you think music management possibly has more of the shady characters? Oh, man. It- Look, I'm gonna say this, and this this for all industries. Everybody has that that shady part to their business. You know what I'm saying? And especially for sports, especially for sports, because you know we we were taught all our lives. You know, playing ball is play ball. <laughs> like you hit to play ball, you hit to go work out, you hit to get stronger. And they say get your grades and your class and all that in order. But at the end of the day, it's they need to have the best product on the field at all times. So man. That's why you got players now managing themselves. They're handling their own deals. Lamar Jackson, um, and it's a few other players I know that they manage their own NFL um, contracts. So, yeah, it's 
look, I'm trying to work my way into the sports agency business soon too. Got to. Mm -hmm. And was like the idea of, uh, I guess going into, you know, professional music management or when you kind of made that transition from, you know, trying to go pro football to go into music management, was that something that, you know, your family was on board with or, you know, how, how do they feel with the idea? Because I, I guess for like being from New Orleans, maybe they have, um, you know, some affinity towards uh, music. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Look, I know they're going to be going to listen to this soon, but man, nah, it, it was a it was a rough transition because, you know, when I when I was on football, like when I say I gave up a great part of my life, you know, trying to make sure that happened. You know what I'm saying? And for a long time, especially when I got to this one school, this particular school, you know, it just really sunk in. Like, oh, man, I don't really love this game like I like I once thought I did. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about, you know, me being at a Division two school or I should have been playing at a higher level. Like, my game was going to speak for itself regardless. Like, my game was going to speak for itself regardless. But I was around people. Um, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. My little brother just passed away, you know. So I was I was in, at a point where I felt like, you know what, I can do this. You know what I said? Like, yeah, I can do this. I can really focus. But I'm like, man, I'm at a place where I'm not happy. You know what I'm saying? These people are not really positive. It's like, nah, man, it's, it's not really what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm still in California. You know, I'm living by myself. I'm basically on my own, you know. Um, not a lot of people know about the junior college system, but you you basically a grown man when you go on that West Coast and um, want to play football. Like, it's a lot of responsibility, you know. I didn't, I didn't premeditate, you know, think about I was getting myself into. You know, it was, you know, I'm going to the best school and it's going to put me in the best um, position to succeed, you know. But things didn't work out and, you know, it happened. You know, and when people, you know, as they're on a journey and a mission throughout their life, they'll figure out, you know, certain things aren't just meant and it's okay that you have to redirect sometimes, you know, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a man, it was a mean transition. It, it was a, a good year, year and a half, you know, for, before I even, even got my mind just clear and was able to move on. But my family was stuck on football. Like, oh, no, you can still do it. My trainers, like I had the best trainers, you know what I'm saying? I'm around training with NFL players. Like it could have happened, but, you know, I knew I re I realized that I was growing, I was maturing in a, in a way that I wasn't understanding myself, and I know my family wasn't understanding. So it, it took a while, man. Like my grandmother um, and my and my and my mom, closest friend, like they're probably the only people that kind of you know they they try to get the vision. You know what I'm saying? But they're like, you know what? We're gonna let you let you do what you do. You know what I'm saying? It's not been a time why I, I've said something, haven't been able to do it. So it's kind of you know. I kind of just stay to myself now. Just kind of let the work speak for itself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about like the uh, really your move to California with college when you're doing football. Did like the idea of the uh, did the attraction of music and the idea of like actually going to business into music management? Did that start in California or was that when you came out to like DFW? Man, it it was around. A, I dropped out of school February um, 2016. I'm probably butchering the date, but it was around the time for me dropping out of school all the way up until that, like, December. 
And I was like, okay. I had my, one of my closest friends, he was in the music I hope my whole life growing up. You know, he was the guy I seen recording out the closet at his granny house, recording the whole neighborhood, coming over there recording albums, everything. Like I was able to see that whole process from a from a, a young standpoint and seeing him hustle and want to be a music entrepreneur. Like really seeing it like, yo, you in the closet with it. Like we we on a, you know, sound click, getting the beats, everything. <laughs> You know, so around that time where when I dropped out of school, I just was, you know, just I wasn't focusing too hard on like, oh, man, I got to man, I got to figure something out. I actually was able to sit back and, you know, figure out, OK, what is it that I love? Like, what is it that I'm able to do and that I can capitalize off and make a life out of not just for myself, but the people around me and my future kids? You know, and and I had a girlfriend at the time, and you know I was able to do that. She held it down, and you know I was crazy, depressed, whatever I was going through. I was able to get my mind right and figure out, okay, what it is I'm gonna do. You know, talk to my uh, best friend. and was like, look, I'm I'm gonna get into the music business, but I'm not finna just jump straight into it. Like I, I really gotta know. I gotta figure out what this is. Like I'm a I'm a businessman. I'm a hustler. I didn't did all that, but I gotta figure out the real etiquette when it kind of maneuvering around these sharks in this music business. So it was, man, I want to say I started reading books and, and just started watching interviews and was at it like a, like a junkie, like up all night, just figuring out, okay, how to make deals. Okay. How did these people do it? What, what even made these people want to get into the music business as well? You know, I know I'm not just the first person that just out of the blue said, Hey, I'm going to get into music. You know, I wanted to see what that process was like um, from an outside standpoint. Because all we do is listen to music. We're not looking at the behind the scenes people and, and seeing how things are being facilitated. Now we're not. So it's, it, it was it was a it was a, it was a mean transition. But now football was it was strictly football, man. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was fully locked in on football. Music didn't come until you know it was a time where I was like, okay, I got to redirect my life. Mm-hmm. And with like the idea of behind Regal and Black, so what was, uh, I guess, what was like the first client that you're currently working with? What was the first musician that you, I guess, came up to and pitched the idea to? Uh, so <laughs> my boy, Tony Rashad. Um, so uh, towards the end of 2016, um, he was a former teammate of mine um, out of high school. We went to Arkansas Tech University in uh, Russellville, Arkansas. Um, again, he was on a football as well. You know, he had a cousin, um, Jonathan Williams, that played for Arkansas, running back for Arkansas. So we were all on football. You know, when I left that first semester to transfer to junior college, you know, I didn't think, you know, he was on music or anything like that. But towards my transition when I was in California and I, I just was going through, I don't even know how his music popped up. You know, I just was scrolling through Instagram and it was like a freestyle. And he had his SoundCloud link up for music. And I went listen to it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, like, yo, you you doing music? You know what I'm saying? I'm playing it for people in California. And they're like, yo, who is this? And I'm like, man, this is my, this is my boy Tony. We play football. I didn't even know he was doing music. And I always told him from day one, like, yo, look, I'm finna start, you know, I'm finna start learning this. Like, bro, you got a serious talent. You know what I'm saying? And I know, I know you're doing this just for a hobby and for fun. But, you know, 
I've always been a modest, optimistic person. I've always been a person of believing in anything I say. Like, if I'm going to be the best at this, I'm going to work to be the best at it. There's no in-between. It's either I'm going to be good at it, I'm going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. It's no... Mm-hmm. And, and like moving forward with, um, you know, with your friend coming out as a client and, you know, maybe you get other musicians on, was there, I guess, anything like related to that? Is, is there any qualities you specifically look for um, when you're looking at like potential, you know, artists out there? Uh, man, it's definitely, it's definitely filtered. Like I have a, <laughs> like I said, I grew up around music. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm from a place of that's. That's where it's at. Like I'm, like I put my musical ear up with with some of the best in the business right now. Like I definitely um, it it's I'm not very picky. You know the the music has to be good. You have to, I have to hear the confidence in your voice. Basically, that's that's what it really comes down to. A lot of people try to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just it, just being that's what it is. Like this is what I do. You know, you can hear a lot of people rap good. A lot of people sing good. But, you know, when you put them behind a the camera or you, you, you talk about it, it's, it's it's like timid. You can tell it's not out of real confidence. It's kind of like, oh, you just want to be the guy, you know, around your, your peers and your friends that, oh, I rap. I do a few shows in the city. But it's like, man, are you are you really willing to put some money behind yourself so the world can see you? You know, because... It doesn't take much to get on, you know, some of the top blogs in the in the world if you truly believe in your talent and what you're doing. A lot of people are not really ready to take that risk. And that's all it comes down to. It just comes down to pure confidence. And the music really has to be good. It just has to be good. Mm-hmm. And when it came to like the I guess the idea of navigating uh the DFW scene and uh, you know, trying to find artists. Uh, with those qualities, was it more, uh, you know, was like recruiting more virtual for you where you're kind of like checking out, um, you know, local sound clouds and, you know, checking out local artists on Spotify or were you like physically, you know, going out to bars and clubs and, um, you know, checking out artists and uh, in different venues? Um, so, man, when I when I say it's, it's really from an organic standpoint, like I don't really do the music management for, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, the goal is not to work, manage like 15 artists. You know what I'm saying? Like I really want to build an organic relationship with someone and help them build their entire business, their entire empire. Like I want to guide them on a, on a, on a route of, you know, building a legacy for themselves and their family, like making it a real career out of their, um, out the music. You know, I don't really do it just for, yo, Come mess with me. I know this guy. I know this guy. Like, no, I want to build a rapport with you, you know, really see why you want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so far as Dallas, um, Dallas didn't, I, I'm like, I'm not really looking for no one out here in Dallas. You know, Tony just so happened to be from Dallas, come to find out. Mm. Like, he was in Arkansas and he went to Pine Bluff. You know, him moving down here was just kind of, you know, this is where his family is. Um, but the main, my main artist is he's out of Houston. His name is Slater Two Eight One. And those were, we, yeah. I was gonna ask, uh, you know, is it uh, if you're currently, are you currently in DFW? And if so, like, uh, you know, is the is the management possibly a little challenging um, when you're doing it 
across state? Um, so yes, I'm um right now I'm, I'm located in Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, but so I'm only really working with artists here. Um, I have an alternative rock artist. She just moved from Florida, and she's out here now. Um, so I don't have a like a specific target. Like I said, I met her on an organic relationship with my brother. He met her in a um, studio session. I want to say, and he like, yo, you gotta, you gotta meet her. And you know, at the time, you know, I'm still in the learning phase. I'm still building. I'm still figuring this music business out. So my pitch to her out the gate wasn't exactly, hey, you know, I want to manage you. I can do this, 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 and that for you. No, it was okay. Let me build a rapport with you. You just started doing music. Okay, let me let me see really what what type of relationship this can be. Because I don't, you know, alternative and rock music is not necessarily my lane, but I know good music. My mom listened to like Green Day and all of these bands and stuff is um, growing up as well. So, um, you know, I have an ear for that, but it, it's not really, you know, not a not a specific target, man. You know, um, my artist in Houston, uh, his his best friend was my little uncle. And, you know, I was at his house playing the game and he was scrolling through his Twitter and I, and I heard a freestyle and I'm like, yo, who is this? Like he rapping better than some rappers right now. Like, who, like, who is this? You know, and I've been with him since he was 17. He's 21 now, you know, and it's, it's, man, it's, it's been a constant growth, man. And, um, I got some other, some other artists right now I'm working with that's um just got to the df um w area mm-hmm. and we kind of originally brought up the idea of um when you're kind of like hearing on you know different types of freestyles online uh you know has the kind of like during covid you know the idea of was uh that uh, that instagram live series i think versus with swiss beats um you know definitely got like a lot of popularity Mm-hmm. And really, I was kind of wondering, you know, on your standpoint, do you think, uh, you know, people are wanting more interaction or fans are wanting more interaction like through social media with musicians? And like, has there been anything in your business that, you know, you're trying to either expand the marketing on social media or, you know, trying to do something like that for, um, you know, your artists? Um, so, man, the versus thing is beautiful because. You got to think it's a lot of kids now that's getting into the music business that's that was born in the 2000s, <laughs> you know, so they don't know anything about like the Outkast, the Eric Badu's, um, the Aaliyah, her stuff just got on DSPs. And, you know, I know it's a lot of little girls that don't know nothing about that, you know, so the verses definitely help like bring the culture full circle, I guess, to this new age. So you're definitely going to start hearing different sounds in music. Um, but far as the Instagram live, like the social media tip. Yeah. I got a, um, I have like an assistant that's on top of all that. Like I'm not really hip on the Instagram live or, um, all that, that marketing style, but I have a certain strategy, different strategy when it comes to building a brand for my artists, Instagram live interactions are cool, mm-hmm. but now, you know, I guess the pandemic, I, I really don't, I can't really say what it is, but I feel like it's still going to be that organic interaction. Like, I feel, I still feel like fans want to be able to touch their, touch the artists. Like, I want to see him in person and feel the 
feel the energy, feel the vibe. Like the Instagram live and the virtual performances are great. Like, you know, from a, a, a artist standpoint, you want to be able to show your skills in that way, but you still want to be able to touch your fans. Like that's very, that's still very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to kind of definitely bring up the idea of uh, new industry um, under Regal Black, because I know if, if you want to expand on, you know, what industry is, um, you know, under that, because I, I remember kind of checking out the Instagram page where you're kind of mentioning that it was like a, a platform for independence. And so I kind of if you want to expand on, you know, how that's, uh, you know, separate from Regal Black. Uh, so. Man, new industry. Um, so that kind of was an a pandemic idea, you know. Um, my artist, um, he had a spinal injury, so we were kind of on pause for a minute. And as a manager, and if any other managers are listening to this, any upcoming person that want to, you know, be in the music industry, like it's okay to say you're a manager or you're doing this for artists, you're getting them shows, and and that, like everybody, anybody could do that. You know, but are you are you able to build something of value on your own, you know, showing that you you have a place in this music industry, you know? Like what what's another way for somebody to say, Okay, I got a great ear in music other than promoting other artists that people don't know about or putting them on to new music, um, throwing shows in the in the city, bringing all the artists and vendors and everything together, like you have to build something of value, you know, that that could kind of, you know, give you a stamp on, okay, yeah, this guy, like he does this. You know what I'm saying? So industry was just an idea, like, I'm a tiny desk fan. You know, Tiny Desk Concert, I'm a I'm a huge tiny desk fan. I just love music, man. I can listen, I can watch Tiny Desk all day long. No matter what I'm doing, writing a, writing some notes. You know what I'm saying? Reading a book, whatever. I just, I got to have music playing. And I've always been a fan of that. And, you know, I didn't become a fan of, um like, Young Thug recently. I watched his tiny desk. And it just brings a whole nother side of an artist out from what you're hearing on, like, Spotify or Apple Music. Like, you're seeing them live. You're getting real vocals. This is right now live recording. You're getting the whole, you're seeing the real artist side of the um of that artist, like, okay, he painted this picture for it. That's a different, that's a different way. A lot of artists can't do that. You can't get like a um, a person that just raps over trap beats to perform with a live band. Mm-hmm. Some of it don't doesn't mix well. And some people aren't great performers. Mm-hmm. Is there any like artists, when you kind of say that, is there any artists that, you know, maybe you admire or you think of that you respect them on their adaptability, like they can, they're able to perform well, like in any situation or, you know, any environment. Man, I've recently became a, 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 a like a super fan <clears throat> of Smino. Um, and before I even heard like his, his, his actual music on the um, platforms, I seen his pitchfork performance. And I seen like a, a interview, I want to say it was like a mass appeal interview. I'm not sure. It was kind of like it was interviewing him and then it was going back to his shows. And, you know, he's an upcoming artist. I mean, some people know about him, some people don't. 
But from my standpoint, I'm like, yo, wait. This guy, I never, I, I know if I play this for any of my peers, they don't know who this guy is. But if I put this on TV right now, you can be like, yo, who is this? And then you listen to his albums. I used to work overnight at Lowe's. And that's when I started. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is real music. A lot of rappers cannot do this. A lot of people cannot transcend with their music. Like um, Jay-Z, he may be, a lot, a lot of people say he's a better live performer than a lot of his albums. Because what you can do with instrumentation-wise with a backline band from a, like a like a recorded track is, is different. It's different than a live concert. That's why them people love to go to like Rolling Loud and stuff. I can only imagine how the women was at the Beyonce Coachella concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to ask on like the idea, cause we kind of threw out some names, um, you know, when you kind of bring up uh, re- really kind of some like the kind of older artists or kind of the older area. Um, you know, I wanted to ask on, do you think maybe, uh, you know, any of them could, be able to adapt if there were, you know, kind of, uh, you know, born as millennials or, you know, came into this situation and started off as independent artists, as independent artists, do you think they could adapt well in an environment where, you know, with social media and kind of influencer marketing and all these other aspects becoming kind of needed as a musician, do you think they could adapt well in that type of environment? And you saying older artists? Yeah, like older generations that, you know, obviously we know of that perform well, like couldn't Eminem, you know, be able to, you know, grow up as a teenager right now and still reach the same level of success? Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, because of how fast paced everything is right now, you... I would have to really compare that to like J. Cole or Kendrick or like Drake, the 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 artist now that can like sit back for a while and come back and still go platinum in a week, you know? <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't know. Because it's so much music out now. It's it's so much you gotta think back then the whole marketing rollout was was different. It it wasn't seen in everybody palm of their hand. <laughs> You know, you either had to get home and, and watch 106 in Park at a certain time, had to watch MTV at a certain time, um, or, or, or really, you know, sitting in the traffic, driving from mom, with mom and them listening to the radio. That was the only way you really heard about stuff. Well, for me growing up, so I don't know if if the artists like back older now would have kept up with the generation now. I, I don't know, man, because now it's so... It's so much money out there, and you can go on Spotify right now and type in a random person, and they may have a following of fifty thousand followers, but you probably never heard a song in a, a song in your life. But they're probably getting a, a thousand or two a month from their from their streams, and we don't know nothing about them. So I feel like now, because the business model is more of you know everybody wants to be independent, ownership, ownership. I feel like everybody would would have been comfortable with their market. So if Erica Badu had a market of 2 million 
she could tour with that two million and be comfortable with it, no matter who who else not listening to her, if that makes sense. You know, so now it's it's more of a clout thing, if that makes sense. It's, it's more of um who 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 can be seen more, who was in the media more, and I think the older generation wouldn't have been too messed up about that. I think they are pretty much just like how I am. Good music is good music. It's gonna travel. It's gonna get there. Now, because of the young guys, it's more of a um, you know, TikTok and it's it's a frenzy. Like music is such a frenzy right now. It doesn't matter what what song is gonna last the longest. It's 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 who's gonna do it first. <laughs> <laughs> And when you kind of bring up, uh, you know, some of these independent artists, I know with uh, New Industry that you guys have some uh, like this upcoming dinner concert uh, event. And I wanted to ask on that if you wanted to uh, expand what that's going to look like. On the diner concert series. (laughs) Um, So like I said, similar to um, Tiny Desk, but um, it's more of a, it's more of my philosophy, my, my little twist on it. So. Um, the first series on YouTube, if you know, if anybody go and check that out, it was at my family's daiquiri shop. Um, we did the first five episodes there. It was kind of like a little pilot. Like I said, it was just an idea. I just needed to push the idea out and see if people liked it. And, you know, um, the artists, you know, the artists we brought up there, everybody loved it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, we can really, we can really do something out of this. You know what I'm saying? So now we had a new location. Um, it's private. Um, it's gonna be on um platform soon. We'll put like the first 10 minutes on YouTube or something, but we're getting a website and everything made so people will be able to subscribe and you know watch these upcoming artists, man. New industry is basically um man, I'm I'm trying to create a like a, a parallel universe to the mainstream. So I wanna make underground mainstream in a way, you know, the upcoming artists have a similar rollout. That the, that the mainstream artists have, you know, they'll be able to go to radio stations, different podcasts to promote their music, um, come on our platform and do the Diner Concert series, you know, and hopefully it's other platforms like myself that want to grow and push the independent scene because, man, it's, it's music everywhere. It's music everywhere. And, you know, I was just in the car the other day with my, um, with my girlfriend and the Pop Smoke song, man, they're wearing it out right now. They're playing about five to to ten records on the radio every day, and it's like, man, I can be on Spotify and find a new artist out the blue just because it's on shuffle. And I'm like, wait, who is this? And never heard this song. And it it could be a person somewhere in Delaware, (laughs) and they got a following of 40,000. It's like, yo, if I can get that person to come perform on industry, then now I got different eyes come and look at this artist that he would have never thought of. So that's basically what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to merge the independent, man, and and create a mainstream media for them. Mm -hmm. And with, uh, because I know with New Industry, you've kind of brought up the idea that you're you're not wanting to just bring like any and every artist onto the platform, but, you know, you kind of want it to be an idea that can help them get to the main stage. Uh, how do you kind of like strike that balance between, um, you know, trying to create the platform for independence, but, you know, not just allowing it for any or every artist? Man, so again, it's, it's, it's going to be all of an organic relationship. 
you know, a lot of the artists that's gonna come on, I'm I'm probably didn't had a relationship with them for a few months or I've been letting them know like, hey man, I've been checking your music out. We're gonna bring you on the platform soon, you know, and the way I'm able to tell whether it's for cloud or not, it's you know, it's it's a um, you know, a female artist out there on the come up her name Alexis Ray Parker, man. Um, I was so inspired by, you know, her trip down to come and perform, man, because she's on a roll, ripping and running, you know, by herself. You know what I'm saying? And in her little in her little um in her little car. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, you know, it's funny, you know, she traveled from I think it was from Atlanta to Little Rock, from Little Rock to Dallas, back to Little Rock. Cause she had a show after our show that following weekend. And it's artists like that that I want to work with and want to be able to help get to the next level because it's like, yeah, it's not a lot of people putting that type of effort in. It's not that many type of people putting that effort in. And it's, you know, it's easy to tell who's just doing music just to do it. Like it's, it's very, it's not hard at all. Mm-hmm. Well, to kind of uh, wrap up the, uh, to, to wrap up the episode, I wanted to kind of ask on, you know, is there any upcoming projects that you're, you know, really looking forward to, whether it's with the new industry series, with the, with the diner series, with the app and the website? Uh, you know, is there anything you're excited upcoming? Um, man, there's a lot of things I'm excited about, man. I can't really just leak right now, but, um, we definitely finna keep the private events going, um, just for people to, you know, just come and experience, just come and experience it, you know, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Soul Train, but I'm trying to kind of bring that vibe back for people that just want to come out and have a date night with the with the lady, you know, come and enjoy some good new music you never heard before, and you're gonna leave out that night like, wow, this was a this was different, you know. It's, it's just a different way for people to experience music, and I want I want to bring that back to the world, and it gotta come back, you know. I love the big live super concerts, but it's no more of that, um, you know, couples aren't going out to the intimate settings and having a mm-hmm. good dinner. You know, their relationship could be bad, you know, but if you come to the diner concert, you might have a good night. The food got you right, the wine, and, and you didn't turn the relationship around because you didn't hear it's a good music. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. you know, so that's the whole concept of bringing the private events out, man. And, um, we're going to go, we're going to be at a bigger location soon where it's going to be about 150 people that can come. But right now we're just keeping it low, um, just spreading the word out to people, letting them know what's going on. No, I'm looking forward to kind of the idea behind new industry. Um, yeah, kind of that idea behind, I think, intimate, cool, like low, um, you know, uh, well put together kind of music events. Um, you know, it's definitely not something that's really touched up on a lot. So Thank you again, you know, Kendall, Kendall for coming on the episode today uh, to discuss, you know, not just how your kind of music management's going with uh, Kendall Black and New Industry, but, you know, how it's kind of going with the development of the website, the app, and just what you've been kind of noticing with your artists and just with the industry as a whole, uh, especially after kind of this recent pandemic. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that for real. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Platinum Mask podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the platinummask.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at graymask12.
If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through maskgrayson at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, raise a glass to success, no matter how you define it.